Hey Maggie. Hey Anna. I caught you between shows. Oh my god, I know. You're gonna go see Bash? I am gonna go see Bash. Tell the me what Bash is. Bash is the social dancing extravaganza <gasps> of Santa Barbara. <sighs> you know, I'm so jealous. You should come. No, I'm too sick. Uh, I was like, I was so sick last night. Yeah, I, like I don't want you infecting the neighbors. I told you the neighbors three blocks away were like calling the police saying gunfire at, on, That's you know, road. an impressive And sneeze. it's like, no, that was just me sneezing. That's impressive. And Repeatedly. Horrifying. And horrifying. Yeah. So we have shows to talk about that are coming up. Yeah, we got that we've seen. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, women in theater and, yeah. and our special problems. So let's do it. Let's do it. Maggie, there are so many productions that we have to talk about. I know. It's been a long time. I feel like I just haven't even seen you in forever. I know. Well, we not with the microphone nearby. Right. Exactly. Right. So we need to review and look ahead. I know. There's We've a lot got a lot. On. There's a lot that has happened. There's a lot that's going to come up in okay. the very near future. Let's do okay, it. Okay, what are we seeing soonish? Soonish, we've got Invisible Hand yes. by Ayad Akhtar, yes. who wrote Disgraced, which we talked about with uh, Ivy Vahanian at the beginning mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. September, producing you did that. We were big fans. Yeah, great show. I thought they yeah. did a great job with it. I like I like the author. Um, I like Ayad, Ayad Akhtar. So that'll be good. And John Tufts is in that oh, at Ensemble. Good. He is really good. He did an excellent job in I Am My Own Wife mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. He was amazing in that. And um, he, you know, travels around the country and acts. Uh, yeah, he used to be, he used to reside in Ashland and he was sort of a right. company sort of player. And then um, he wanted, they, he and his wife both wanted to move somewhere more urban, I think, more a bigger town. Right. So I don't know where they settled. Maybe it was Chicago. And oh yeah, I'm not sure. I haven't talked to him in a while. But he has a brother who lives in Santa Barbara. Oh, so, I didn't know yes. that. So we're like a magnet to him. Oh, good. Well, that's good because so he's, he's great. To come back. Yeah, and I I like the choices that he makes uh, in terms of the material that he chooses to do. Yes. So I think that the Invisible Hand at Ensemble will be a good show, and that Winning. opens on April 12th. And it's directed by Jonathan Fox. Is so, it? Yes. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so that's those all signs point, you know, to a thumbs up for that. So, yeah, we're looking forward to that. I'll be seeing that on opening, too. Excellent. So, yeah, go see that. And um, American Idiot. American Idiot. Uh, that's the first two weeks in April. I am really looking forward to that. I can spill some details about that. Ooh, tell us more details that um, you spill. So, I've been, you know, I've been, you know, I work on the production and... So I've been talking with Samantha Eve, who runs Out of the Box Theater Company, and she's nice. not directing this one, but... Oh, I didn't know that. No, she's, she's you know, she found a woman whose vision she really liked for the show, yeah. so um, she hired she hired this one out. But for anyone who has seen American Idiot, the Broadway production, mm-hmm. this is obviously going to be different because it's in a black box, but it also, we've uh, they've really kind of dragged it forward about 10 years. So the original, you know, concept album uh, was very much um, a sort of a protest album against the Bush administration, Bush, Bush 2.0. And, you know, that obviously has sort of fallen into (laughs) sort of a happy memory. (laughs) Oh, nostalgia for a simpler time. (laughs) When the worst we had to worry about. The painter. (laughs) The painter. Hitler. Oh, no. Yes. No, no. 
Well, Gosh, there's a long. There's a lot. There's a lot there's of. There's a lot of painting in uh, world leaders. <laughs> world leaders. Uh, world <laughs> leaders. Things up and also paint. <laughs> um, so they've really they've dragged it in you know ten to fifteen years forward. So wow. you know now they're going to have people. Uh, instead of just these protests that are sort of generally against the government, it's, yeah. you know, they have people in the red hats and the pink Ooh, knit caps. Oh, wow. and they're really, they're going to use a lot of very recognizable current symbolism to yeah. make this still a protest piece, but a very current protest piece. Which well, I would that like. is a very, I mean, I haven't seen it yet, but that is a very specific reference to have the red hats and well, the pink hats and the... They don't say anything on them. They're just red hats in general. They're just red. They're just red caps. Just you red can wear a red cap. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's like... That's, but it just doesn't make sense anymore to yeah. protest the Bush administration. We're way past that. And we've got bigger problems now. That's interesting. Like, we can't... like. Like, we can't be upset. You know, we saw that a little bit in the City of Conversation, which was, like, upset about the, I don't know, whatever. What was it? What were they upset about? They were, I don't know, just sort of generally politics, right? And it just seems so... Like oh yeah it, oh you absolutely think you have problems well that yeah that was the problem that I had with it was because it, the it ended on this very uplifting tone yeah. of like Obama just got elected <laughs> everything is better I know and you could just hear that in the audience like everybody going wah wah <laughs> that's cute <laughs> oh my god the world is gonna be better from now on like ugh. yeah ugh. yeah <laughs> I know it's true. I need therapy, but I know I need therapy. <laughs> so that I think that that'll be interesting. It, yeah. it, it really shows that you know people are well engaged with the material enough to say, "Hey, let's let's really make this relatable in a very now sort of a way." Well, let me contrast that with the Crucible then that I saw mm, mm-hmm. because, and I'll jump ahead a little on our at outline. PCPA right at PCPA. Yeah. I went and saw the Crucible, which was choice. written during the uh, McCarthy hearings and of course Miller was eventually uh the playwright Miller was eventually taken in front of the committee and asked to name names and he refused and then he was blacklisted and it was very bad experience yeah. for yeah. him personally and for so many people that he knew. Hashtag bummer. Oh, I mean really when you think about that is kind of a nader of American history, mm-hmm. right? Or mm-hmm. one of our naders. Yeah. You can't really have more than one nader though. Sorry I'm using that word wrong for all you wordsmiths out there. <laughs> Apologize. <laughs> it was the Ralphinator of the American experience. Um, it, yeah. yeah. So he he went back to way back to a different Nader <laughs> to uh, our early crazy people that were in um, on in Massachusetts and right. had the Salem witch trials. We have a lot of witch trials in this country, right. though. But Let's that was be like, honest. that was like the OG witch That was the OG. That was the literal witch trials. Like, now we just sort of cover it up. Like, we don't like trans people. What, we don't like what whatever. what hats were like. Oh, oh, I think they were like pilgrim hats. Oh, yeah. Oh, I and the women they, had those bonnets. They did have bonnets. And they were all wearing the bonnets in the production I saw. Oh, too. okay. So they hard. did. So it was very much like period Salem. Straight up period. Now, if you recall, whenever I was looking, before I had seen The Crucible, I was like, Arthur Miller found a way to make women responsible for for the witch trials. Right, right. And the person who suffers in it is (laughs) basically this white man, right? (laughs) 
<laughs> so I was, I mean, not like I don't admire, I mean, really admire Arthur Miller, but I can, you know, also yeah. say like, uh, but, uh, I think you can separate your admiration for the artist from your disdain from the concept of this character being, yeah, like, the way it played. Yeah. He personalized it. Yeah. And so anyway, but, uh, so I was like, oh, this will, I just don't want this to be another witch. Like, yeah. I don't want watching the crucible to be another witch trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. So well, we've like, got a lot of that going on. How are they going to make this today? You yeah. know, even yeah. though it's a very allegorical kind of a play because we're so far, unlike red hats and pussy hats, and we're so far removed from the particular conditions of the Salem, those special conditions right. of the witch trials. Right. I thought, hmm. Well, I just loved the way the audience responded to it. So at one point, um, actually it's the artistic director was playing this character, the judge. He's like the judge of the judge of the judge. He's like the and main what's, what's administrator guy. Who's, Danforth okay. is his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, I will get to the bottom of this swamp and clear it out or something. <laughs> I will clear out the swamp. And the whole audience was like, you know (laughs) oh it was great and then and um they they punctuated so if if people haven't read it for a while or seen it it's like the the young women um who are servants and so on in in Miller's text, they're girls, except for a few of them who are like late teens, like 17, 16 years old, okay. including the main accuser, Abigail, mm-hmm. and her sort of buddy. Yeah. Um, and But the rest of them are supposed to be little, like littler girls, right. like maybe they're 10. Like or, tweens? Yeah, tweens, exactly, which is, I used to work in a movie theater. Mm-hmm. Tweens are the worst. Well, you don't need to work in a movie theater to know that. Like, I can completely see all the tween girls creating a witch. Like, not, I get it. Have you seen Mean Girls? I've lived Mean Girls. (laughs) and We all have. We all have lived Mean Girls. And so anyway, but, you know, at PCPA, they have these, uh, the, the students who are in college. Right, right. So they played them more as like late, all late teens. But what they did was the costume designer, um, the design concept sort of homogenized the group. into so they all looked like they were sort of in uniform. It looked a little mm. bit like the recent TV series, The Handmaid's Tale. Mm, mm-hmm. And but they were all in kind of a different shade of earth tony, but yeah, but some, re- so Abigail, the main, Accuser is in red and then not a bright red, though, like an earthy red. Anyway, they made gave them this kind of uniformity that gave them a lot of collective power, even though each one. And then the director who was Delorier really accentuated their oppression. Hmm. So it was really interesting to motivate that story from the from the idea that these girls are really oppressed and they have like zero power and they're physically coerced and they are the lowest ranking members Mm. of the society that it, it. So when Abigail accuses everyone and the girls then 
accuse all these innocent women and eventually men too of being witches. Uh, it feels like they are stuck in this sort of dystopian society that mm. they have no agency in. And the only way for them to even get any leverage, any, any fulcrum is to use it really negatively this way. Mm. Hmm. use their power and for Abigail, her sexuality in this ultimately totally destructive way. But, but in giving them kind of a motivation beyond just the fact of their femininity, you know what I mean? Like, so right. I think traditional productions just kind of like go, they lie because they're girls. Yeah, that's, that's hugely <laughs> problematic right? for me. Like, I feel like that yes. is not agency. You cannot, you cannot put that on a character and be like, well, right. they're women. So obviously this is how they're going to act. Like that right. to me is such a male, like male generated idea of like, well, you know, they're women. We don't get it. They don't need mm-hmm. to get it. They're just women. And that's and what so they do. They screw everything up. Yeah. Like, yeah. And then also like the villains are, it's very clear. Villains is a, vaudeville term i shouldn't use that uh the the people who are interested in conserving their power and expanding their power uh are very clearly using these girls to Mm -hmm. make that happen and and using their oppression in a way in just kind of a new way so i think one of the interesting moments and this is in the text so it's not like delorier you know win against the text or somehow made some crazy directorial choice. Mm-hmm. But at one point he, uh, the main character, John Proctor decides to grill his, um, maid servant about what she's doing in these witch trials. And cause she's one of the accusers and she's being a little talk backy, a little snarky. And he pulls out this bull whip Right. It's not even a whip. It's not like it's it's like a full on thing you herd cattle with. And it was in the production. It was, you know, something that's probably like 15 feet long and and four inches in diameter at the at the thickest. And it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, that was so punctuated Mm -hmm. like that our main character that we're supposed to have a lot of sympathy for is kind of been brutalizing these girls Mm -hmm. and in. And we can extend that to Abigail, the the main accuser who he's had sex with, who he has this kind of Bill Clinton like, uh, yeah, I had I just had sex with that girl because, you know, that's all it was. It was just sex. And <laughs> um, I gave her the consideration of Stallion gives a mare, which is, oh, I know it's, it's like, which, you know, I feel like to Jesus. earlier audiences of that. Um, there would have been more room for feeling accommodating that view. Like, I mean, I'm not saying that early audiences would have been like. So, what oh, is that view cool exactly? For it, you, it sounds John. to me like that view is mm-hmm. that you are allowed to consider acts toward other people as though they are animals, right? Because, but he's considering himself as an animal, as right? Well. But you, but you can. I mean, for me. Right. No, it's it's problematic to be like, I'm going to go ahead and act like an animal. So I'm going to consider you an animal as well. Right. Where it's no, it's totally got this uh, virgin horror dichotomy in it. God, that is where his wife is like the perfect woman. I fucking hate that. I'm sorry, but but I do. I hate it, too. And that's why I didn't know how I was going to respond to this. But you enjoyed it. 
because they did. Well, it I did because like they... I think they kind of made him seem like a jerk. Whereas yeah. that would not a jerk. I mean, it's not that simple, but um, but they gave he it nuance, accentuated of, the yeah. kind of the hollowness of that position. Yeah, the which is a little bit in the text anyway. It's definitely in the text, but um, you know, he the director definitely made it seem like that was a mistake. It was a mistake. Right. To you know, alienate these women, these young women, so profoundly, and and, um, and then also, uh, so so you're not just like, oh, Abigail is a bad sexual predator that took poor <laughs> John Proctor when his oh, wife was sick, right. and obviously, you know. Yeah, utilized her feminine wiles yeah. to put him in a bad situation. What's yeah. he supposed to do? Obviously mm-hmm. take off his pants. There's no other There's option no for other him. There's no other option. Right. And and it kind of made it more like John is the problem. Right. And then by extension, all these sort of patriarchal forces that really made it so the only button these girls can push is the, right. you're a witch, you're a witch, you know. Right, right. So I I... Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah. Good. God, that sounds really interesting. I'm yeah, sorry I missed it. I yeah, think I was, was out of town. I was in the and desert. The set was super cool. Oh, good. Good. You know, I like a good set. I love a good set. And the costumes were also lovely. Yeah, it sounds interesting because I think normally you get with a production like this, you just get the sort of pilgrim look across the board. It it was the pilgrim. But mean, it sounds it was. like they're wearing like muted earth tones. Yeah, She's wearing red. Like that's it was definitely you know, you're paying not just, homage to yeah. the recent production of The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, yeah, on, that's great. Uh, Hulu. Okay. Hulu produced on The Handmaid's Tale. The fake TV. The fake TV? Uh, the real know. TV. Well, real TV is, is you know, Network like TV? Channel 3. I don't even know what that is anymore. Yeah, I know. <laughs> The TV, the TV that's now the, the t- TV. You know what I mean. You know what I mean. I know. I Hulu, saw an ad whatever. for TV today, normal TV that you're uh-huh. talking about, with some show that's coming on. And I was like, David, can you believe that TV is this bad? Like, it's so bad. Oh, man. It's pretty bad. Although, you know what I do like is The Good Place with Ted Danson? That's but NBC. That's, and they're actually, yeah, they're actually doing that. a good job that's with it. It's a smart show. Yeah. I only saw season one because I only There's only have. season one. No, there's season two. Uh, yeah, but not if you're watching it on real TV. If you're watching it on fake TV, which everybody else does, you got to wait until it all comes out. Yeah, at the end of exactly. The yeah, For yeah. me, it's I only have fake TV. Yeah, me too. Imposter TV. Imposter TV. Which better is better TV? Improved I know, TV. It's simulacrum TV, which of course, since TV <laughs> is a simulacrum, <laughs> is <laughs> infinitely better than real TV, which was just <laughs> fake radio. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. We were so talking about we're this. This is so funny. I was mm-hmm. talking about something related to this with our producer, David Paris, yesterday. Oh, really? In which we were talking about um, the different Broadway musicals um, of the you know last couple of years and which ones have created a musical soundtrack that is most like oh. easy listening in yeah. terms of not like easy listening like elevator music, <laughs> but like what can you listen to, put it on in the car, and it's like good pop music. Yeah. And like Dear Evan Hansen fan. was what yeah. we were talking about. And on the other side of it, you have musicals like Groundhog's Day, which was also last oh, year. Yeah. And that like to me, I listen to it. It's very funny. It's very catchy, but it is very chatty and talky. It's as though you yeah. are, you know, so you can turn it on at any point in the entire album and know exactly what point of the play you're at because they're oh. essentially singing through the plot. So it's nice. a different sort of thing. And we were talking about like that is the sort of like hilarious parody mm. that you know is like oh we're making we're sort of making fun of the the 
you know, how the concepts and the structure of musical theater. But I think that we've kind of gotten to this point that the parodies are so good. They actually function as uh-huh. real musical theater. Uh-huh. It's like, it's a good show. <laughs> right. right. So like, if we've gotten to that point in the cycle of like, we're now sort of parodies are the right. new, new real, the new real. <laughs> <laughs> Get it. Real. <laughs> so it's music. Okay. But back to, back Sorry. to the crucible. <laughs> yeah. So, well, oh, so to to tie it back though to yeah. your production of American Idiot, oh yeah, 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 the the because it's all about the spread of you know what people believe and how their beliefs are internally motivated. You know that that facts are really irrelevant in the mm-hmm. discussion. That it's all kind of about what I need to be true and what I emotionally need to be true, mm-hmm. and. You know, we can divide the play down into who benefits from whom being a witch, you know. And and to me, I and that's what's so great about a good play is like, you know, a week or two later, you're like, I was like, wow. <laughs> it's really like I'm in the middle of a country where people are going, there are witches. You know, there are witches. Yeah. She's a witch. Mm-hmm. That person's a witch. It still happens. They're it all happens witches. all the time. It does. It does. But its mechanics are so McCarthy-esque right now. And and so so really it made it made the pity fear factor, whoa, really be even though they're wearing pilgrim attire mm-hmm. and you know, it it's like still the the misogyny of that society came out really popped. Okay. Well, question about the sort of how this relays back into what we're dealing with now in yeah. in current culture, and how that was very you know the misogyny of the witch trials and mm-hmm. and how that all. Do would you say that today? What would you say the the biggest like sort of witch hunt of of our current day is? I mean, I think it's just the essential otherization of mm-hmm. people who have different political beliefs than 38% of Americans. So 38% of Americans are really on board with the current agenda and the current direction of things. Mm-hmm. And they see everyone else as like witches. They're just so right. other right. you know, to them. They're just like, they, they just think they're... St- stupid and alien and and evil even and um like i was shocked to read that for example the um atlantic magazine which used to be kind of a i don't know if you call it progressive but you know kind of uh, yeah it wasn't the national review (laughs) (laughs) uh it hired this political opinion writer who has a book, has a book. I mean, I'm not saying this isn't something he tweeted or a tweet he liked or something. This is his book said that uh, women who have had abortions, which in America is one in four. Yeah, okay, it's not. Should be hanged. What? And they've hired this guy. What? So it's Hanged? Up, Why? Because they murder babies. So oh, it's for like that sake. is which that is exactly that what is, the girl yeah, said no, about is, the witches. That totally is. And he has, you know, an official position. That's, I mean, he has a very legitimized position in a very legitimate American periodical. Ugh, that's you know what I mean? I mean, cancel despicable. your person. Yeah. yeah. Cancel, you guys. Yeah. Seriously. Canceled so screwed so up. hard. Yeah. Like, 
you know, I, I mean, Gross. it's so fascinating the way people can just be like, oh, yeah, well, you know, that's his, that's his opinion. <laughs> like, yeah, well, this is, this is sort of the, the problem is that we have free speech, so you get to just say whatever your opinion is, but like there's really no right. – what is the responsibility or consequence for yeah. saying something that's, that is considered hate speech? Or, or even more ridiculous, we have this – we so from the Greeks we inherited this idea, or we chose to inherit this idea of the, the dialogue where you say you you posit your opinion and the other party posits its opinion, and it's derived from the law courts, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm the complainant, you're the respondent, or whatever, and like we speak our sides, and that trickled into our the way we have our news reporters. Of course, you're a journalist, you know this, but some things are just not other sideish. You know, right? Yeah, it's not. It's yeah, like like <laughs> heliocentrism. Like it's not like there's the people who think the sun is the center of the universe, and then the people who think that Earth is, and like oh, we'll just have them talk both as experts on things about the universe, right? <laughs> you and they, I mean? you know, they both they go back and forth offering and evidence, then, right? Just, yeah, that's not. And then so the population goes, well, I'm kind of with the moon, or I'm kind of with yeah. the sun. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm really a Saturnocentrist, yeah, right? Or like, well, it's probably if they both believe them, then it's probably the moon, or you know, yeah, people who are moonists, lunar, yeah. lunatics, <laughs> and and that's really how we construct. Like... Uh, like we have for our gun debate, we have the right. Like, why is as a lot of discourses examining, like, why do we ask the NRA what they think about guns? Like, we know yeah, what they, we know think, what about they think about guns. They shouldn't be part of it. Like, oh, for fuck's sake. Like, you don't, I mean, that is not what balancing is about. Or, you know. I saw an interesting interview about the whole gun debate mm. thing. Mm. Uh, Trevor Noah had four of the kids from the, yeah. you know, the Parkland. Marjorie yeah. Parkland, Stonewall, whatever, um, from the high school on. And they each, there were four of them, and they each had very different sort of ideas about what gun control looks like. Right. And, but I also know like these are four kids who probably can sit down and have a dialogue about it. Some of them are like, I would feel safer if the teachers were armed. I would not feel safer if the teachers were armed. I'm a minor, I'm a minority. I'm an African-American. I don't feel safe with, uh, you know, authority just having a gun just but, for the sake of it. But, Some of them were like, you know, they all had these different, right. different nuanced ideas and they were able to have a dialogue about it. I don't think that, I mean, that's pretty rare. Well, what I'm saying, I, I agree. And I'm glad that our young people are keeping a clean slate and an open mind, <laughs> and at least some of them. But what I'm talking about is why we let that agenda get set by the NRA. So it's the NRA that says solution they give money will arm to the government. Well, I know, but that doesn't mean we need to echo that. Even down to Tre- Trevor Noah, like he does not need to act as though it's a legitimate position like like geo like geocentrism right to act like it's even worth talking about whether or not we should have gotten like in in rhetoric that's sure i was a rhetoric p.s i was a rhetoric major (laughs) that's the first thing you do is you don't give up the framework for the discussion you Ah. don't you don't say you get to set the terms of the debate and okay we'll decide whether or not teachers should have guns that is not no yeah yeah. (laughs) it's not on the table that's not in the room right Interesting. You know, we we do not speak of that. Um, you know what I mean? I do. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I don't know how we got there from the crucible. Well, but see, this is what I like about the crucible, right? Is that it is prompting us 
to have discussion about things that are happening right now, right. which is what theater. Sh- I mean, okay, I just listened to a uh, the Mark Maron podcast with David Mamet, and David mm. Mamet's position is theater should be entertaining. It should not. Mm. You should not go to the theater to be preached at. If you want to give your political opinion or your social opinion, don't do it in the theater. Oh, oh the author of Glengarry Glen Ross. I know. Says that? I don't necessarily. I was like, liar. all right, lie, David, Mamet, David Mamet, shut your face. But you lie. But it, I, I know, I do think that <laughs> he's lying. Lie. But I, but it's interesting that there is, there's these two components. You have to make it entertaining or people won't go. Yeah, that's right. But how can it, how can it not be a representation of, or a manifestation of the current culture? Like, there's no way right. to do it. And this is why, like, a play like Grease, I have a problem with because I'm like, there's no way to bring that, there's no possible way to make that relevant for today so why are you doing it well you're doing it as an exercise well then do it in a practice room you know what i mean or or it's just you know it's it's one of those fearful choices for um you know we're not going to get the box office or this will get us box office or this will get us like you don't parent out of fear or guilt or regret you don't create a play out of fear or guilt or regret like it's just a terrible position it's not a powerful position to take but the crucible is is forcing this sort of this thought process, this conversation, which is why right. clearly people it's should play. continue to do it. Do you think Crucible is a better play than Grease, though? Um, mm. Yeah, it's really Maybe. tough. I mean, there's no music. I know. There's no Vince Fontaine. No, no, no cars. No cars. <sighs> That's a huge like, problem. The, the closest they get is like a fireplace. How can it really be considered an American play without, <laughs> you know, everybody jizzing about their because car? Because women are burned. Oh, well, that's true. That is a pretty <laughs> what's American. More, what's more what's American, American than, than, than barbecuing than, than women? barbecuing women. You're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, well, it'll be interesting when we see Greece and do the Oh, are the we post. seeing it now? <laughs> I don't think I'm going to see it. TBH. Ooh. Do we know anyone in the cast? I know everyone in the (laughs) cast. (laughs) And what an expression of love to go see them. (laughs) I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. I just can't do it. It's sort of, well. No, I know. I said, the last time I saw production Grease, I said, you know, I think even if my blood relative, my. What if Ben was in it? What if Ben was in Grease? Would Would you just disown it or would you go see it? That would be like me in Act Three of the Crucible, going like, "Wait, what do I do? <laughs> this is the dilemma. This do is I the tell play. the truth or do I die at the stake?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be my Crucible. Do I go to this show just because Ben's in it? I probably would. I'd probably be like, "Yeah, oh god, yeah. it's so bad." <laughs> <laughs> but doesn't he look cute in his little greaser jacket? There you go. I probably would. So, <laughs> speaking of plays that Ben is in, oh yes. So Dos Pueblos High School yeah. is doing newsies, newsies coming up. Such a more enlightened play. Yes, they are. Um, and and that is about the newspaper strike, right? Of uh, very young people, so super resonant with, especially today. You Absolutely. and I are meeting on the day that. The demonstrations are happening across America right. against guns. So right. those were students, and they were theater students who protested, right. or some of them, or many of them. Yeah, they uh, Clark Sarah, who runs yes. the Dos Pueblos High School theater program over there, um, had us come in and yes. chat with the students, um, along with Richie DeMaria and uh, Starsha and Rochelle, both from right. The Independent. And uh, we got to chat with the students, and they told us about how they found the play resonant right. for them. And, you know, then we had a little dialogue about 
um, it was it was billed to to us in the email is like we're going to let the students talk to people who are journalists. And right. what it really turned into, I think, was how do we know what is true and what is not mm. true? <laughs> it was like you really don't. Like I don't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They asked us, "Welcome like, to what? the world." You yeah. just don't know. You got to do your own research and yeah. make an opinion. We live in post truth. Yeah. Oof. So did they with their, you know, I mean, they being the people, the characters they're portraying in right. that where where they, you know, people with literacy going up, people were consuming newspapers mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have smartphones. So they just kept buying the newspaper all day long. You know, you get your Yo, morning, yeah. you know, you could get like five editions of the paper wow. in the big city. And um Wow, it's such a different time. So this is about oh, and yeah, I think yesterday was the anniversary of the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory fire. Oh, which uh, what sort of launched a massive labor movement in the garment industry in New York about working conditions, and then became about working conditions just for a lot of people generally, right? Child labor and so on. Sure, uh, but but really, that was the intersection of journalism and factory. Uh, exploitation of labor because uh, if you don't know about the triangle shirt waste, it it was photographed mm. as it was happening. So the the women were stuck in women, mostly women. There were some men, but uh, they were stuck in these sort of upper floors of a factory, a very new sort of modern factory, sort of the best that you could get. It was kind of like when the Titanic tanked and everyone was like but not the titanic you know it's so newfangled uh that that building was supposed to be super safe unburnable well it wasn't unburnable but it was safer than the others sure and uh and and women were jumping out of the windows and 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 film and photography and uh the ability for newspapers to print photographs was Fairly recent. So the fact that, you know, they could take a photo of people jumping out of a window and yeah. catch them midair. And, you know, the, and then to aperture speed that, and so on. that around to the right. entire city, right. the entire readership. Quick. quick. Yeah. That's I mass mean, production quick. Um, made people there were other factory fires i mean there really were other factory fires but But you really do have to make these things affect everyone for change to happen if it only affects the people who witnessed it or were a part of it that's not enough you have to make it you have to make people who are reading it in scarsdale say we can never have this happen again right so there was a lot of sympathy for those young women sure and now i think i feel like we have in our media and this is what we talked about with the Newsies cast a little bit, I think we touched on, was that, you know, whereas the newspapers of the early 20th century, readership was limited to the information they decided to include or publish. Now we have the opposite problem where there's so much that we can't find what is valuable. Right, 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 right. You have to right. be really good at information, sort of yes, literacy, sniffing. dissemination. Yes. You have to spend a lot of time on it. Or, yeah, I mean, it's just, you don't, you're so inundated. I mean, we could cover a story like the Triangle Shirtwaist Factory Fire every day. Right. And there would be no change because we're inundated. We need to go... Like, we need to think farther upstream, mm-hmm. right? We need to sure. think, like, what is 
<laughs> and that's where we seem to be stuck at as a, as a society. I yeah. think. Oh, I think like we so. can't we can't decide what is the root of these things. Yeah, or what the direction is. Yeah, because I mean, sure, we've yeah it launched. I mean, I was just saying all these great things about it, but really, what we got were exit signs on doorways and a little sign that says "Don't lock during business hours." <laughs> so here's here's so a great, great story. Here's a great story. So Shad <laughs> teaches in uh, the school district out here. And due to the school shooting business in which the kid pulled the fire alarm and then everybody came out, they now have a new policy in which when the fire alarm goes off and it's not a drill, it's not expected, they lock the doors and hide in the room because they assume it's a shooter. I'm like, what if there's an actual fire? way more fires than Like, what are you thinking? Like, Who who made that I don't know, but I think it needs to be changed immediately. Like, get a fucking smoke (laughs) detector for every room, like a normal person. Like, why would you put a policy into place that's so obviously flawed? Like, who presented that in a room of people and everyone... A row mm-hmm. down from them and a rung down from them. We're like, yeah, that sounds like the best way to deal with this. Well, it's like Stupid. people are, you know, really afraid of being bitten by a shark, including me, right? Including well, me. I'm one of those people. That's a valid fear. It is a valid fear, even though far more people get killed by cows. We're in their living room. Right. If a shark mm-hmm. swam into my living room, I'd probably bite it but, too. But I mean, so would you base... but? It's one thing for me as an individual to go around fearing sharks more than cows, mm-hmm. but to base public policy on that, I think, is no, really stupid. Of course. We don't, <laughs> we shouldn't have public policy shaped around hysteria and and witch trials, right? And yet, I'm going to take a radical, yet, the a radical position. <laughs> public policy should not be fear based. Hysteria. Sorry. I agree. See the crucible. It's very it, well. That's relevant because it's so. Uh, its contours are so big mm-hmm. that you can mm-hmm. keep looking at it. Yeah. You know, you can keep kind of saying, "Uh, which trial?" Uh, yep. Uh. Yeah. Uh. Like I think I said to David this morning, like maybe in a hundred, two hundred, four hundred years, we'll say we'll look back on the gun debate the way that we look back on the Lisbon earthquake of you know of the sort of. Uh, enlightenment and say when they all decided to kill to burn all the people who were criminals at the stake right after there was an earthquake because god obviously hated them obviously and obviously and maybe you know maybe it'll be like remember when there were just guns all over america and people just shot each other (laughs) because a group of people thought we had a right to bear arms or something you know what i mean to bear arms in an aggressive manner to, to, sur- to have a well-regulated militia. militia. Yeah. What, what, yeah. what do people think militias are anyway? I, I, don't, I don't know. Do, I, are any of these individual gun owners part of a militia? I mean, it I seems... I mean, show me your militia card. Well, what about the militia <laughs> militia up in uh, Oregon oh or Washington, yeah. or wherever that was? Right. That was they, they turned Let's into a, a real deal militia. They were like it. a little band of people that were heavily armed who were... Yeah, because that's sane. Because that's what we really want is a militia. No, I know you didn't. I mean, (laughs) that's really what we want is a bunch of militias around. No, God, no. Let's give them grenades Here's the deal. They're they're considered a militia because they're white. Guess what they'd be considered if they were people of color? A Um, gang. Yeah. No, I'm on to that. (laughs) I am hip to that. Yeah. (laughs) 
unbelievable. I know. I know. All right. I'm going to get, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get, I'm so, just going to, I'm going to shake it off. I'm going to shake it off and let's theater. talk about Newsies. Okay. <laughs> well, Newsies is very politically aware. But in, I think that it's it it showed me a very hopeful. Yeah, oh yes, let's you know talk about I mean? the hope. Let, the hope. Let's, let's talk, about, talk the about the hope. Let's talk about the hope. Newsies, a new hope, episode four. <laughs> episode four. <laughs> what what did we find hopeful about the interaction with the newsies? Well, group? I loved the fact that all of these kids really made the connection between. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, this was a movement that was a mm-hmm. you know over a hundred years ago, right? In which people our age made a massive difference. It's not con- it's not like a bizarre concept. It's a thing yeah. that happened. Yeah. And it's happening now. And we're recognizing, you know, the link between the two. And it's giving us as, you know, this 14 to 18 demographic. Right. The idea and the power that that we do, we can harness change for our future. Yeah. Yeah. So that I mean that helpful. that was very hopeful for me. Plus they just seemed so like mature and open-minded. Yeah, and they were delightful. They, they were. chatted with us like no problem. They weren't like afraid of adu- like I was terrified of adults when I was They liked my sweater. Remember my they sweater? They loved your sweater. They were into it. That's like <laughs> done. Deal. Hopeful. Hopeful. <laughs> Hashtag hopeful. Hashtag hope. <laughs> I mean, and they also, what I found interesting was that at least half of them were very vocal about how much they loved the theatrical community and how much Mm -hmm. an artistic education had really, had really helped them across a variety of aspects of their life. Like half of them were pretty quiet, but you know, you can't, you know. For theater kids. Yeah, well. (laughs) But yeah, I feel like they, yeah, I really enjoyed the experience of interacting with them. And they seemed like they got along and they were happy, you know, and they were, they were talking about how a lot of them shared about how, you know, they think of their time in theater as like sort of release, Mm -hmm. a place Mm -hmm. to relax and and sort of be oneself right? where they could be more authentic. Mm -hmm. And even if then their families or friend groups didn't super support their theater involvement, they still felt validated enough right. in the theatrical context of yeah, that to keep show going. To, yeah. to love it and, and stay with it. So it was great. Yeah, yeah and it, it looks great. good. What we saw of it, they did yes, a little, they did, they a, did scene. a scene. It looks amazing. Um, so, uh, for instance, we have uh, Nolan Montgomery playing oh, yes. Jack, who's the head of the Newsies. Jack. That kid. Mm. I've never met him. Mm. I don't know him, but I think he's going to be a star. Mm, yes. <laughs> He's first of all, he's like six two. He's like a head taller than the entire cast. I know, he and he was. looks like Robert Redford. Like, right, right. All, all of a sudden, there's this like adult man in the middle of the. Cast. I know. Wait, someone from the Broadway production came and is visiting as a guest artist. And he's apparently won the Teen Star. Oh, cute. Yeah. So yeah. he's he's got he's got to get. But yeah, we got. I mean, it's a huge cast, which I love. Big old cast because yes. you get to use everybody, and there's dancing and there's singing and it's and, it's very polished and also mr sayre has decided to cast a lot of the uh, not just cast young women as newsboys, but like cast them as news girls i guess right you yeah know? exactly so, it's not just a gender blind sort right. of they're all kind of looking androgynous it's like some yeah. of them are girls and are they're girl wearing girls. skirts because yeah. they are girls like yeah. and they're a news people of every gender and right and that may not have been the norm 
there, you know, in 1906 or whenever. But this it is makes it place, accessible. But yeah, yeah. And nobody gives gonna, women parts. Yeah, girl, you know, and nobody in the audience is going to be like, I really have a problem. Like nobody's going to say and that. And you know, the people that do have a problem can have leave. a problem. Yeah, they have. That's that's <laughs> not have a problem. That's not a problem with the. <laughs> yeah, so I love that because yeah. it's a it's a a big cast. Everybody gets a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it looks great. I'm it's looking in, forward to seeing it's it. It's inclusive. Yeah, no, it really looked good. The set looked interesting. The cor- I mean, the choreography. When you that's one thing. When you expand your cast, then you have that many feet to line up and kick at the same time. And it looks good. It looks like a challenge, and it looks like they're doing it. So yeah, yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I was yeah. impressed by the, the and one I scene think that we saw. That opening which is april 6th is sold out so if oh, you're good. gonna see it you gotta go yeah get it get your tickets i think get it's gonna ticket. be be worth worth seeing oh yeah yeah definitely, definitely. it's definitely. gonna be great so and then the other high schools um even high schools that my own children aren't in are doing <laughs> but some of them have have gone to like well San Marcos. And, some, and some of them are uh um alumni of our podcast so uh, yes. San Marcos mm-hmm. is, you know, run by Riley Barris, mm-hmm. who we haven't had on yet, but um, Jessica Balanoff, who does right. all their dance choreography and oh, everything. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so she's at San Marcos, and they are doing Into the Woods. I can't wait to see that. That's going to be great. It's a great show <sighs> for a yeah. high school because it gives roles to everybody, mm-hmm. and it's not a fluff piece. Like, it's no. challenging. It's Sondheim. It's so, good so for them. challenging. It is. Music, I mean, uh, yeah, musically. No, musically. Ooh. <laughs> no, I know. I mean, ooh. I know. That's tough. <laughs> but I... I, I'm climbing the mountain that. on that one. Yeah. No, I think it's no, gonna be, be great. That'll be fun. And the co- I saw they they sent out a production photo. Yeah, oh, it looks good. good. It looks so good. I love the life they are breathing into that program. There. And then, see, schools weren't doing anything this interesting when I was in high school. Greece, we didn't. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and then Santa Barbara High School, which is oh. one of the most beautiful high schools oh, in know. the world, in the whole world, in the whole wide world. Yeah. Is doing urine town. That's right. That's, so that's, that's going to be fun. Yeah, that'll be. That's a fun show for a high school. You know, I kind of want to see all these high school. shows. I think we should. I, yeah. Uh, I, I, I the, the problem is, is that the high school shows always run at the yeah. same time as the out of the box show, so I can never make it because right. I'm always, you know, I'm backstage right. running shoes from stage left to stage right. But yeah, but I'm going to try and do yeah. it because a lot of them do like the like the Saturday matinee. So I'm going to try and okay, to yeah, catch sneak them one all. of those in. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Let's let's go. I know I'm going to see. Yeah. Well, obviously I'm going to see. The show my son's in, and right. then Newsies, and but I want to see the the, the other two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't happen. And then at and City- all of these shows will be on our website, oh, so you can take links. a look and buy tickets and see yeah, the get dates a ticket. and show up. Yeah, I mean it's you know? it's it's totally for like eighteen bucks, you get like two hours of entertainment of people from the community. I mean that's better than a movie. And the facilities of some of these high schools are shockingly oh, they're, amazingly they're, good oh my god they're incredible like if you want to see like the most professional mm-hmm. show you've ever mm-hmm. seen go to dos pueblos they right. have a full working like you know, broadway theater it's like and here's the lighting designer <laughs> it's like, okay <laughs> we had like we when i was in high school you know like one of the extras kind of knew how to focus a light or something and yeah I well think we okay had a but death. i don't know <laughs> Yeah, you weird. also had Jenna Jameson in oh, your drama department. <laughs> so clearly, putting out people who absolutely made amazing money in in the entertainment it, industry. Yeah, well, and Dos Pueblos has yeah. It, I'm not, I'm going to leave that one alone <laughs> in its own little room. Is it true? 
<laughs> yeah, she was in my drama class. Our producer is like not supposed to know who that is. So whatever. You know what? She she, she was on the news. He says. <laughs> I think she's a big enough star that even if you've never seen one of her films. Uh huh. Which I have not. Oh, I've seen a number okay, of them. Okay. She's actually she's very agile. Well, she was very quiet and shy in my drama class. Well, I think she's still kind of a quiet person from interviews that I've read of her. I think she's... It's just weird. Okay. Anyway, you know, she made it in the business. Good for her. I mean, I yeah. Okay. That's not what high school drama That's departments are designed to do, but... So not the message I want to send. <laughs> right? The House of the Rising Sun <laughs> over there. Oh, God. That link I'm will also be, be on our website. <laughs> not. Hashtag not. Hashtag nightmare. Okay. Uh, and oh, okay. So at City College coming up soon too is Crimes of the Heart by Beth Henley. Right. Uh, do you know anything? I don't know anything about this play yet. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, a, it was a standard. It's kind of a. Okay. It, yeah. It's a sort of sweet, uh, funny, southern women you okay. know women being charming and and dysfunctional yeah gotcha. you got you got to like a little uh crimes of the heart you okay know, sort of i think they made a movie of it uh, maybe okay yeah yeah definitely okay. but don't see the movie go see the city yeah, college go see production the, go see why would you see the movie when you can see people yeah. that you know doing it and live live, live. people oh doing God, things so much live better. people doing things so much better <laughs> so much better <laughs> um well, Maggie, I think we've covered it. Oh, that's what's happening. That's as far as happening. we know, that's what's as happening. As far as we know, that and is if what is going down right now. And if we missed your show, let us know. Let us scream at us because we yeah. we barely get screamed at. Rarely. I know. I really wish we got screamed at more. Mm, I know. I although I say that and and, and then, then you're like, oh, the trolls I know, are coming. And then I'll Here rue, they come. I will rue the day. Oh my God. <laughs> Thank you for playing. So, uh. We wanted to also talk this this episode about oh yes um, this is a very special Too. this is a very special episode yeah we wanted to talk about how sexual harassment and and sexual abuse can infiltrate the theater community in in a particularly I think <laughs> insidious way now tell me about that well like when we saw the cast of Newsies you know they were all talking about how great. It is to be in theater right. class and, and in this community of artists and, it you know, a production becomes kind of like a big family and so on. And it is a lovely thing about theater that. But it, that trust can be very quickly and very easily, I think, abused because it's there. Sure. You know, you have all these sort of uh, make haste relationships in a way mm-hmm. that you know, you do trust exercises for goodness sake in right. theater training, right? Right. The whole maybe idea. we should rethink that. You know, maybe but, we should have distrust right? exercises. I don't know. I don't know that that would actually be a problem because yeah. part of acting is, you know, kind of like throwing. It's like you know, a ventriloquist throws their voice, like an actor throws their emotion in one yeah. direction or another. Yeah. And I don't know if like a distrust exercise would have any different effect than a trust exercise but please oh, continue interesting please that continue. is so interesting <laughs> we're gonna want you well, to fall. i think the idea they're probably is... not gonna catch you what do you do 
we're going to do a touching tunnel and just, you know, um, it could get a little weird. What do you do? Just do you do it? With it? Or do you- That's a trust exercise. That's a trust a exercise. A distrust exercise is like, we're going to oh, yeah. do, do a touch tunnel. Yeah. What do you do? You run from the room. You run from the room. Predators. Yeah. Oh, God. But you're right. Like, there is this that, aspect the thing. of it's, theater it in which they say, in order for a cast to really yeah. connect and gel in a way that allows them to be emotionally open and real and raw and broken yeah. down, you really need to have this, this trust amongst them, which whether that is true or is not, is sort of a common thing right. with people. Theater productions and casts and theater schools. Right. Right. So I feel like it can be quickly and rather easily abused. Absolutely. It can be. Does that mean abuse is rampant? I have no idea. But we know it happens. And and it doesn't just happen to, you know... um, Reese Witherspoon and (laughs) all these poor... Yeah, it happens all the way down the line. Yeah. From the top to the bottom you know, laterally, longitudinally, it is occurring. So, and uh, I think that we've had, we've seen example of that now that the Me Too movement is really like really hit full stride and, you know, everybody has their story that, you know, they're sharing or not sharing or whatever. But I think that we forget that it can happen here next door in your yard. You know, right. we we tend to push it away like, well, this is a problem in Hollywood. But, you know, yeah. it's not. But no, it happens it happens right. everywhere and I think people don't like to think about that. Right. But it is true that it happens in our community. Right. And and one thing I'd like to say too is like people are according to studies as prone to confirmation bias amongst the people that they know. So, for example, you know, you know Bill and you've known Bill for a long time or whatever, and maybe you don't even especially like Bill, but you know Bill. And then he gets accused of doing some kind of sexual violation. You're very likely to discount and disbelieve that. Right. Just because you know him. Right. And whenever you hung out with him, he didn't, you know, rape you. So you're like, he's not a rapist. Right. You know? Sure. And that happens that that's a real problem for people who have like we saw that with bill cosby like people right. who people didn't want to liked it. him and believed him did they they just couldn't see him in any other way even though they're like all these people saying this exact same thing happened to me right it didn't matter or even with um Al franken which became controversial because he had such right. strong democratic support yeah and generally presented in his in the yeah. last you know in the last sort of iteration of his career in the public eye as a as a real progressive progressive good guy fighter for the right you know and and so people are like well so you got responses between well so he groped eight women you know yeah. so what yeah. to oh he didn't do I mean it's just like incredulous to believe that he couldn't do the that eight women would come together with the same lie, but um, people believe that. Yeah, no, that is, that's and a huge problem. It's a big, I think it's a big problem. And it and it happens, I mean, like sexual violence happens to especially young women. Right. I mean, young men are, are prone to it also, but not at the same percentage. 
think we have one in five young women getting sexually assaulted by the right. time they're done with college. So, and that's, most of that's them, a really horrific statistic. I mean, really that is, is that is that is a bunch of your friends, right? You know right. what I mean? That's not. Do you know five people? Okay, so maybe one five yeah. women. Do okay, you know so thirty people? So yeah. a handful <laughs> of them have right. had really bad experiences right. that maybe they're not comfortable talking about, or that maybe they have brought forward and people have ignored them or said we don't believe you yeah. or said that's partially your fault right which i i don't think happens with other types of violence you know if Hell you no. get hit in the face at a bar you know people are like oh man you got hit in the face of the bar that's a bummer right nobody's that's, like that's well you really brought that on yourself that's I mean, interesting because a lot of there's a, there's also a lot of research about how there's such a strong tendency to n- to disbelieve that bad things happen to good people. Oh, interesting. So that even with with muggings and th- sort of like, well, of course you weren't trying to get robbed. Right. There's still a lot of like, well, what were you doing hanging out? Oh, yeah. Why were you in that neighborhood? There. Why were you, you know? there? Like, had you, were you, yeah. you know. Obviously, still, why were you at that or, bar? Or more commonly, like, well, I would have. Oh, like, yeah. Shut yeah, yeah, yeah. up. You would not have. Right. Please, That's a problem. Give me a break. Well, and that's something that, no, no, no. And I think, so we had this conversation earlier and this was something that you brought up that I had not Mm -hmm. thought of before. And I want, I mean, I'm sure that I have done this. And so it concerned me. And I really like thought a lot about it. Like this idea of, you know, oh my God, I would have left immediately or I would not, you know, but you don't know what you're going to do in that situation until you're there. Like when you're in a gnarly situation in which you know, you're maybe yeah. stuck between two terrible options. Yeah. It's, the it's chances not what you need to that you'll is, be Lara Croft Tomb Raider are yeah, actually are really low. Pretty low. So yeah. you won't be MacGar- MacGyver or Batman. And regardless, you don't, even if you are talking to Lara Croft or you're talking to Batman, like what you do not need to hear is, God, you know what I would have done? Yeah, true. God, I would have mm-hmm. just, yeah, just blank, blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, don't say keep that. Keep your self-defensiveness Like, they're telling yourself. you something horrible. <laughs> <Yes>. The <laughs> best thing for you to do is not to be like, oh, God, you're right. That was your bad. <laughs> like, that's just, that's terrible. So yeah. I appreciate you bringing that to my attention because I think that that's something that, that I probably have yeah. done and that, yeah. that people do just sort of out of... Well, it's just they want to. I think it's think, conversational. They want to. It's conversational, and their mind naturally goes to like how. Gosh, what that's horrible. In a way, yeah. it's a s- signal of sympathy because it's like, right, that horrible thing. How would I uh, approach that? And and you know, working through that in their mind, it's just that it doesn't really work that way. Right. Yeah, and it's 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 one of those things where it's like the best. If you were trying to be sensitive, there's yeah. a way to do it, and there's a way that isn't going to work for you. And right. so, if you want to be sensitive, that is maybe not yeah, your best let's, option. Let's not like do that. the better yeah. option is to just to listen. listen, listen, refer. Right. You know. Right. That's, that's when I was teaching. Listen, refer. So, <laughs> in the spirit of listening and yes, referring, yes. we had a young woman come to us recently. Yes, who wanted to share her story because she uh, was sexually assaulted and mm-hmm. in within our theater community. And I think that for the sake of everyone involved, it's best to leave her and the institution anonymous. But yeah. the fact is that this happened. It's in our community. It is, you know, very – it's – she has made it her mission to – 
bring this sort of occurrence to light so that people know that it happens, so that people know that it happens here, next to them, near them, and to be cognizant of that, you know, and not to put it just as, oh, well, Harvey Weinstein's a dick, but yeah, you know, our theater community is great. It's all good here by the ocean. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. Like, don't let those trust exercises deceive you, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, no, seriously. Like, bad seriously things don't. can happen to anyone yeah. anywhere. Definitely. And if you're a, a worker at a at a company, you have rights. And if you're Absolutely. an individual in a free society doing a volunteer show, you have rights. And, and if, if you're a student... If you're at, a student, you have other rights. You have other rights. rights too. And that's one of the things that... You know, in terms of resources, we yeah. wanted to bring up. Yeah. If if you have had an experience in which you have been assaulted, you know, whether just assaulted or sexually assaulted, and, uh, the victim of violence in any way, like you do have rights that you can exercise. And th- I think that a lot of times people just don't know what those things are. Yeah. Especially in the in the trauma and panic of that moment you know sure. you're not gonna you're not gonna have your the clearest head at that moment oh, so rely not. on 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 clearer heads who have you know training and experience like i would say immediately there's the rape crisis center absolutely right? find the rape crisis center in your yeah. area they are everywhere and now that we have the internet you know you can you can find you them can online google them you can google them you can find the one that's convenient for you right. and you can talk to them online right if if you're out in the middle of nowhere and if you are a student i mean personally i would advise looking at the uh Talk, the the memo that the Obama administration sent to institutions of higher learning on how to deal with sexual assault. Because even though the uh, current administration through DeVos has said, you know, we're, we don't have to adhere to these goals, um, I think there's still kind of a North Star that you should be trying to hold your institution accountable to. And and there's now, a lot of legality a, to that. I as had a well. lot of questions about this, and you have a background in criminal law. Well, yeah, but I'm not a lawyer, and I worked in law, and I worked in in uh, on a few rape cases in defense, though. But yeah, but there are parts of of an issue like this that had not even occurred to me, which is why it was great to right. talk to you about this because, right. like, had this happened to me. It would have been the same. Like, I would not have known that these things were an option. So, like, when you are a student at an institution, even if this assault, the alleged assault happens off campus, uh, you know, in a a non-university or program sanctioned event, whatever, somebody's apartment. You're on a beach. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, there, it is still. You could be in Portugal. It is still an issue for that the school needs to address, and if they refuse to address it, Mm -hmm. that's a violation of your rights. That's right. So there's a Title IX consideration. What is now? Tell me, explain that. Well, Title IX is just kind of saying we you need to have open access to that. That you can't create a better people associate it with sports, right? Sure. That if you're giving you have a football team, team, you have to have a women's lacrosse team, right? You have to give money to the women's teams too, right? um, Or something that is commensurate. 
But it it's really just about opportunity and equal access to education in general. One facet of education can be sports. But, you know, the university is in a, a list of curricula. It's not, you know, a set of classes that you take. It is the totality of interactions that you have. So that includes the interactions you have with other students. That includes your interactions with the faculty and administrators. So you have rights in all those contexts, off campus, on and if a institution was to consistently neglect its duty to provide women or any class of people with a fair, with an equitable education, then they're in violation of federal law because those schools receive funds, right? Right. When they dispense loans, if nothing else. Uh, so you have rights and more and more. That's it's been giving getting an ear, um, and a lot of institutions are guilty of this. I mean, I went to Berkeley, and they have a terrible. I was about to say a bad word. They have a very, and you went there too. Yeah. Um, you know, they have a terrible track record on this. It's it's well, awful. Yeah. And my own daughter goes to school there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it didn't stop me from endorsing it for her, but it's like. I want them to do better. It's just pointless to say, oh, don't go to Cal because it's like it happened. Well, it happens, it everywhere. happens everywhere. So, yeah, there's I, and so what do you think? I mean, this was kind of what I was left with after talking to this woman and hearing her story and, and just hearing the way that yeah. she just felt absolutely dismissed yeah, and was. ignored it by sounds like she really was. It, no, it does sound like she really was. And I mean, that's terrible in to begin with. Right. But the sort of deeper question for me is the school needs to have some sort of responsibility. Is that yeah. just not clear or like, but, how do we fix this? Like, I know. What is, how do we fix this? I know. This? Well, the, there's a counterintuitive fix, which is that, I mean, institutions need to listen and they need to acknowledge the fact that a victim is a victim. So they're not capable or able or whatever the word you want to use is to do perfect things right after the event has taken place. Right. So you've been assaulted. Are you're, You really ought to go to the emergency room. Will you? No, because you might be trying to minimize it. You might be trying to say like, I don't want this to have happened to me. So how can I make this sure. not have happened to sure. me? Sure. People do things that are, that, yeah, and, that, she, and this that, woman actually did go to the emergency room. So that's she, we're not she talking did, about but her. I mean, but people all in general, kinds of things can can. Yeah. So all those things end up uh, creating enough ambiguity, right? Mm -hmm. That in a sexist culture, it's just counted against you. You know, right. why didn't you report? Why didn't you report right away? Why? Why did you tell your friend X? Why did you? How many boyfriends, how many men have you slept with? How many girls Ugh, have you slept with? How oh many? Man. Oh, yeah, they'll, they'll ask you. And then when, if you go to trial, it's worse than that. Right. Know. Well, because they're trying to, to – and well, and this big, is, this is what I find so slut. gross about the whole system is that they really – because you have, you know, somebody who you're accusing, like yeah. they lawyer up and then all of a sudden you Yeah, are, they're entitled to a lawyer. You aren't necessarily <laughs> because you have to hope that the district attorney or the school right. or both will pick up your case. Right. And Which, they have limited resources. Yeah, they have li absolutely. They have limited yeah. resources, but so yeah. 
No, yeah. it's it's problematic. It's very problematic. So no, I mean, document, complain, err on the side of reporting rather than not reporting. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and because uh, nothing can be done if you keep it to yourself. Yeah. And you know what? You are not the person who is shame. I mean, it is not your fault that you've been assaulted. Right. No. And this goes, if it's a woman, if it's a man. If it's anybody. It doesn't matter. Anybody. If you have been violated if in any way, violated, it is it not your, your fault. fault. No. And and uh, even if people are going to kind of, some people are going to be jerks about it. Well, this was the, I think this was the saddest, like yeah. the most depressing thing yeah. I heard in this entire story was that this woman at the end of her story said, you know, looking back on it, knowing what I know now based on how the police treated me, based on how the school treated me, based on how everyone involved treated me, had I gone back to the morning Mm -hmm. after, again, Mm -hmm. I would not have reported it. I would have not done anything Mm -hmm. because I lost everything through this. It was a disaster, which that should not absolutely be the case. Right. That's the the witch trial moment. It is the witch trial moment. It'd be better to just say, yeah, I'm a witch. Okay. So- you, at least you won't get burned at the stake. <laughs> Un, it, that yeah. was unbelievable and heartbreaking yeah, it to is me. Har- yeah, that was. That, that, you're right. That, that was the, the worst option. Moment. That the better option is to it, just yeah. take it, just to sit back and take it. How because is that the better option in our society? This is why women become poisoners, Maggie. This is. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> it's like, you know. The paperwork trail hasn't worked for me. I'm just going to like. Right. Slip I, you yeah, something. I tried everything. <laughs> I'm just going to poison you. I'm sorry. No, that is no, not a public health announcement. <laughs> but, but seriously, I mean, when you are in the position in which you're like, well, I did everything that yeah. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. And it made it worse for anyway. me. That's yeah. that's when it becomes the yeah, situation of like, even if you make the schools you are accountable, even if you make system, really what you have to do system is already rigged. Yeah. I we mean, have to change the culture. The culture yes. The culture needs mm-hmm. to be that we all think that this is a problem rather than yeah. just, this is a Title we IX live, consideration. This we is live. a legal consideration. Yeah, we live in a world that has asymmetrical power. And where men have such an asymmetrical power over women, they will continue to prevail. So we really need more plays by women. More plays produced, by women. More, more good roles for women. Yep. Um, we need to pay women the same as we pay men. Yep. Actually, let's pay them more because they also do more work at home. Right. Um, anything else we need to do? Um, Stop raping people. Oh, stop with the raping. God. It's really bad. Well, one thing I do want to bring up is, and this is something that this <laughs> woman stop brought. stop electing rapists also. Right? God, please, that's a huge please. problem. Like, let's start there. Let's just start there. <laughs> let's not normalize it and okay it by being like, he's probably, he's pretty entertaining. So let's just go ahead and give him the, pr- no. fuck. So one thing that you should know is that the California Victim Compensation Board Mm. uh, contact them because if you have been the victim of a violent crime, you are entitled to a certain amount of, you know, compensatory therapy and things of that nature. It's a medical problem. Absolutely. It's a medical problem. And, you know, we have all this problem like, oh, gun control. It's a mental health issue. Like, fine. People may have mental health problems because they've been raped or they've been victimized or they've been whatever. Like, you should be able to, to, so you are able to get the help that you need. Yes. Well, right. I mean, I think... (laughs) Yeah, it's a not, lifelong not to, thing. Ten thousand dollars is yeah. just gonna help. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. I, it, this definitely—it's mm-hmm. not gonna be like. Well, it's, it's all better now. 
There you but go. here you go. Here you go. Have your therapy. But it's better than nothing. It's better than nothing. And I think that. <sighs> and you know what? The more yeah. frequently that people take advantage mm. of these, you yeah. know what I mean? Because if people just say, oh, we're not, I'm, uh, you know, I'm just going to, yeah. then it keeps it quiet. It, yeah. I think you got to go by the numbers. If you and make the government spend this money, it's going to get to a point yeah. where they're like, wow, we're spending a whole lot of money on and LA and, and, and and then yeah. it'll be like well, we got to we got to deal with this right because as soon as you start spending too much of the government's money they get pissy and they start putting up laws right right and LA county still has a backlog of dna samples from rape like why do we why do we have that that's because we don't care if women get raped i mean really there's no other reason that would there's be. really no other reason i mean <laughs> there's really no other reason like, come than on. like why like, come how on. is that possible it just enrages me. It's it's enrage worthy. It really and, is. And this is just my my personal take on it. Push, 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 push. If you have been victimized, yeah, don't just let them tell you. Don't let the police. If the police are going to be mean to you, the whatever who's going to be mean to you, yeah, you're, find find your allies. Find your allies. Find your allies. Because you may not have a great voice at that moment. Really, absolutely. And you are not expected to. Like right. if you've been victimized, you are not expected to show up and be poised be awesome. and yeah. amazing. And like most <laughs> of us can't do that anyway. You know no. what I mean? Like you can't. So yeah, just like take yourself seriously enough. Value yourself right. as much as like the rest, you know, as much as like I value you and I right, value right. you. Right, Well, find your allies. Let them, let them carry some of your burden if you can, because yeah, absolutely. But I know, and you know, there was more. I there was more perfidy in that story too. Yeah. Talk about misidentifying an ally too. So find find older people. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, older definitely. women. Your female professors are great. Yep. Sometimes role models for this. I know. And I, if I the school tells you to not shut up, to sh- mm-hmm. to shut up, to not tell people. I, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, this is going to be another yeah. one of those things where I'm like, I would, but no. But honestly, I think that to listen to someone tell you to take a gag order, it's. It's like we none of us knows how who we're gonna listen to who we're gonna we don't know but but yeah, we don't but know. um find experts that's why you got to find experts like those mm-hmm. rape crisis people you're yeah. not the unfortunately you're not their first client no and you know? they they will <laughs> they provide will resources and yeah and then to help you build yes. allies mm-hmm. around you so yes. that you do not feel so alone yeah. in a fight against because the school is securing the school you know absolutely. and they the, are legally beholden to and, themselves and the police are looking for evidence beyond a reasonable doubt and these things aren't necessarily very helpful if you've been raped yeah and so especially if, if there's an imbalance of power in terms of your resources Which versus your is. You, the person that you're accusing their resources yeah. because if they get a fancy lawyer and you don't have the money for that then you're you know you should not be screwed like it shouldn't be whoever has the most money gets out of it unscathed it should really it really shouldn't so yeah yeah it's no i think we're well we're trying let's we we have references we have we have links yeah and we will um, have all of these links on our website yeah and i believe in 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 the institutions that are there already to protect you and find those. Right. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Remember that everyone's got a, a stake that you don't necessarily yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Maggie, that's dark to end <sighs> I on that. Know. I feel like we should have But you something... know, it's dark times. It is dark times. Should we have something uplifting? Oh gosh. What's uplifting? What is uplifting? Limericks. What? Uh, limericks, David says. His, oh. He's always thinking of limericks. <laughs> okay, let's have an uplifting huh? limerick. Yeah. Okay. There was a young man from Ventura who had a lot of adventure. <laughs> <laughs> He went to the sea, but lost his glee. (laughs) (laughs) And now he takes Insura. Oh, that's pretty good. I I don't know. It needs work. Uh, This is sad that our whole uplifting thing is like, if you go on an adventure, make sure you have insurance. (laughs) (laughs) Good, good advice. Good advice. advice. Sound advice. Sound advice. (laughs) <laughs> All right, Maggie. All right, fantastic. Well, I think we did well today. Yeah, I think we did good. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you to everyone involved, including the newly graduated Miles Austin. Oh, newly minted BS, maybe. Good for him. And I think physics. Dang, girl. I know no one graduates from physics except for Miles Austin. Good for you, Miles Austin. He made it through the gauntlet, so yay. Yay, Miles. And he's off to grad school. Awesome. At UCSB. Awesome. Go Gauchos. Go Gauchos. So we have him in town. <laughs> Good. Good. <laughs> and thank you to David Paris, our lovely producer. Mm-hmm. Find us on the interwebs. Yes, and uh, soon we will have affiliate links as well. So we can sell you a jet. Yes, we want you all to go jetting. Jetting is good. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.